Hello and welcome to Own Your Divine Light podcast. My name is Yara Atlantica Miller. This is the soul name of Janet Miller, my birth name. I also have another soul name, Isla Saruna Miller. These names were given to me through a deep spiritual process. I'm telling you this because when you listen to these different seasons, you will hear me introduce myself as Janet, Isla Sarona, and finally as Yara Atlantica Miller. I want you to know these names are all me and simply an evolution of my divine aspect. We all have been on an amazing journey to embody the divine aspects of ourselves. We have been asked to look at our light and shadow and to recognize and accept all that we are. We came onto this planet because we knew this was going to be a challenging job. That's why I created Own Your Divine Light podcast. This podcast is full of so many people who have walked their talk and shifted their lives no matter what they have been through. You will hear many ways to support you on this journey as a multidimensional being and steps you can take to becoming that divine being that you've always known yourself to be. Thank you for joining this podcast. Let's now take a deep dive in today's empowering conversation. Welcome to season two of On Your Divine Light Show. My name is Janet Miller, and today we are listening to a teacher extraordinaire, as her students have called her. Andrea Isaacs, in 1994, created her unique system, Emotional Intelligence, EQ, with body wisdom initially based on the Enneagram personality system. Using her system, she shifted her own painful shyness to the confidence to speak on stages around the world and to coach senior leaders and global organizations. It became clear that the Enneagram is a doorway to stepping into the next bigger, bolder version of yourself. Working with her is a journey towards your life mastery. She has been a faculty member of the Enneagram Institute since 1994, has an EQ training program, and works with entrepreneurs and leaders ready to embody their purpose and to make the impact that they're here to make. Andrea has been a trustworthy guide in in the personal and spiritual realms for 30 years. She has developed easy to use tools. Andrea has worked with thousands of people around the globe in group and individual settings and is an award-winning speaker. Her programs are fun, engaging, and thought-provoking and leave people with a greater sense of balance, purpose, clear and clean communication and an ease in finding joy and fulfillment. Welcome, Andrea. It is such an honor to have you here. Hi, Janet. Thank you. And it's a delight to be here with you. And, you know, first of all, I wanted to know, why did you choose this path of helping people? I know you talked about letting go of your shyness. Was that the main reason? Well, I think it's because I struggled so much with my own emotions. I've always been a very emotional person. And I think there's a gift in that and also a challenge. And the challenge in that was when the darker, heavier emotions came up for me, I didn't know what to do with them. And I would get stuck in them and it affected every part of life, everything. And when I came across uh, things like, well, I had a, a, I was a professional dancer for years. And for a while, my dance world and choreographing was a way to express and, and get those emotions out. And then I came across the Enneagram, this personality system. And it was such a great uh, way um, to, it inspired me combining my movement background with this personality system. And I think uh, not without realizing it, I created this system to save my own life because I was struggling so much emotionally and it changed me so much. And then people started asking me to be their coach. (laughs) It wasn't my intention, but people were wanting to work with me. And and then that just one thing led to another. And 
yeah, and that's been going on now for 25, 30 years. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, that's, that's such a beautiful path because it's so funny. The person before you that I interviewed yesterday, he, he was a dancer too. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, he was a professional ballroom dancer. Well, he, him and oh. his wife were champions. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, wow, oh, another dancer. And it's so oh. how dance can lead to this freedom of expression almost. It like opens the door to another expansion of who you are. Look what it did. Well, it sure does. You know, in a way, I used to say this when I quit, I quit dancing in 1992 because of a really bad, in well, it was a combination of a bad injury, but also I wanted to do something different with the next part of life. And I didn't know what that would be. And I think the injury was the universe's way of kicking me in the butt and saying, move on, girl. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things that I felt as a dancer is that it is multidimensional. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things are in this plane. They're like this plane. You know, we walk, we talk, we work at our computers. It's in this plane. You know, some, some things like Tai Chi have some rotation. But, you know, so much of what we do is this way. Dance is multidimensional. And when you move in a way that incorporates all dimensions, all, something shifts in your body. Something just shifts. And there's a wholeness and there's a connection to something outside yourself. You have to be connected to gravity when you mm -hmm. move like that. So right. it's, it's, it's very, yeah, you're right. Something shifts in you when, when you're a dancer. I love that. You know, I just realized, you know, I was a dancer too, but I didn't, oh. I did dancing lessons too. I, did, I didn't get to your level, but when I was in like kindergarten, I used to be twirling and twirling and I, I was like fully oh. in and my, you know, when oh. we had dance music, you know, in the day they would put dancing music on in kindergarten and you could dance. And my teacher said to my mother, you need to put this girl in dancing lessons because she loves to move. You were twirling. So, you know, there's a form of dance called the whirling dervishes. Mm -hmm. Their whole thing is twirling. And there is a form of, of, of it is a transcending experience when you spin like that. Well, as a five-year-old, I guess I might have needed it because I, I don't even remember coming into my body till I was four. So I guess at five, I started to need to totally balance that out. You and, sure did. Uh-huh. So my mom did put me in and I stayed in it till I was about 12 or 13. I loved dance, loved it. And I was so ready to do modern jazz because modern jazz was coming out. And then I quit because none of my friends were doing it. It wasn't cool anymore. And I'm like, oh. no. I, I let peer pressure, I let the other people, you know, guide me. And this is, this is learning. This is what you learn as you get older. Like, wow, you don't need to look at other people's opinions. You've got to go your own path. But it takes a lot, which is what you learned in yours, that the universe said, okay, you're done. And now it's time to really deliver what you're here for. Now let's put it all together. And this is okay. what you yeah, this yes. is what you've done. Yeah. So can you tell us what is, an, is Enneagram for those who don't know? Sure. Well, Ennea means nine in Greek. And the Enneagram is a symbol that has nine points on the outer edge. And each point represents a personality style. And each personality style has predictable gifts and strengths. And they also have pred predictable challenges. In other words, when stress happens or when uh, someone pushes their buttons, it's very predictable that they respond either by withdrawing or getting angry or resisting or judging. There are a variety of ways, but it's predictable. And when you understand that, you understand yourself more. And then you, when someone else, there is an example of the results of the EQ quiz. Actually, yeah. the Enneagram symbol, which you can see in what you're showing us, is a three of those symbols. It's the outer circle, and it's the triangle. And then there's what I call the six-pointed star inside of that. And what we're looking at here is a pie chart. And yep. the pie chart has red and green scores that, that elicit, it shows your gifts and your challenges in all areas of the Enneagram. So what is the green versus the red? Is the green gifts or challenges? Well, I think of a stoplight. Green means go, red means stop. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> so I the, love that. Yeah, yeah, so the green it reflects the gifts and you obviously are gifted in all areas. And the red reflects the challenges of each type. And it, that just shows that you're human. Some of those, plenty of those, they're all, they're all challenging too. Look at that. They're, oh, well, it shows that you're human. But you know yeah. how high and low they all are shows us how the scores impact each other and impact you. A lot of people who teach the Enneagram uh, talk about what type you are. And of course, that's what people want to know at first. What's my type? What's my type? Oh, or I what's her that. type or his type? Oh, no wonder he's that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, um, it's of course a curiosity that I want to honor. However, it's just the beginning because as we saw from your chart, you're not just one thing. You have different amounts of all of it. And when we understand how they, how they impact each other, it's such a bigger picture that we see. 
that either supports us in how we want to be and who we want to become, and also shows us the challenges that can be in our way. Oh, sure. I like to say, you know, the challenges don't have to be there if you know what to do about them. And sometimes those challenges, you can turn them into gifts, right? That's what they say. Those challenges are sometimes the gold that we don't see in ourselves. Like that's the shadow part that everyone talks about that can be our golden parts. If we just accept it, it's okay. You know, like I remember reading, I think I told this before in my other show that, uh, what was the book? Uh, Dark Side of the Light Shadow. Do you remember that book by um, one of the Ford women, Ariella Ford or one of the- Oh, Ford. oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And she wrote about <clears throat> how she was such a bitch in life. And then she realized when she started becoming uh, an author and a writer and she had a big business that being a bitch wasn't such a bad thing mm -hmm. because it kept her organized. People listened to her. She was a good leader, even though she had to temper the that part a little, of course, but she realized that, that she could switch that into a more positive gift, which was to be a bigger, a better leader. And well, you know, there's so much I could say around that. You're so right, that is so true. So as I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation, how I was sort of tormented by my emotions, mm -hmm. that's also been a gift. And the quiz that you just showed us is an indication of, of how I can have sort of a, a kind of laser insight into someone. It's like an MRI of the personality. And I see this whole picture. When I go through that chart and talk about just what I see on this piece of paper, people are amazed. You, you know me better than my husband knows me. I hear <laughs> that kind of thing often. Um, so that had been my biggest challenge and now it's one of my biggest gifts. Wow. And so there's also a way of, under, of managing our shadow. Like say, um, people who have a short temper. Now that's not a gift, however, if, you're, if you don't want to be angry and you hold it in. And, and I see this a lot in, um, in spiritual people who want to be peaceful. And, they, yeah. and I hear sometimes spiritual people say, well, I'm a peaceful type. I don't get angry. You know, that's not me. Well, it's not them. However, their buttons get pushed because they're human too. So what often happens with someone who doesn't want to get angry because they don't want to go there, they hold it in and they hold it in, they hold it in, they hold it in. And then until they can't hold it in anymore, and then guess what happens? Yeah, you know, let, they just explode. So in the anger, though, and I love working with people around anger because it's really a misunderstood emotion. And uh, people often overexpress it, and that's yelling and screaming or slamming doors, or underexpress it, which is holding it in and being that peaceful person. And if I let them in, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is about being human. Mm -hmm. you know, we all need to know how to deal with this in a healthy way. So I like to say we could have a ritual container where there are no real life consequences, where they can let it rip, you know, just feel that anger and, <laughs> you know, figuratively speaking, slam the doors or whatever they want to do. And then we shift the energy. And what they find is a true, easy, natural self-confidence where they can hold their ground and speak up for themselves and say, no, they really hurt me. Let me tell you why, mm. or something like that. And it's a way to really resolve challenges so they don't have to be challenges anymore. Wow, that's powerful. I think everybody should have this with you. Everyone should go through this course because the world needs this. We all need it because, you know, with the stresses of the world now, um, people are so stressed. I mean, you just have, to, we just know everyone's stressed because we're all, we're pushed to put, put, something in you know good or, or, or important or, or useful in every minute of our day like we can't waste a minute and i i feel that myself sometimes i don't want to waste a minute and i try to do it in a quieter more relaxing way but some days it just doesn't work at all so you know it just doesn't and i'm like okay get over it you're not gonna have that pot you know you just have to keep going forward put that one foot in front of the other and get it done you know but um yeah like you know when you're moving right like you're moving and I know you're going through this yourself. So it's well, I'm not just moving. I am literally moving my you're house. Moving your house. Yeah. yeah. From <laughs> well, the things in it anyway, from, from Colorado to Oregon. And right. you know, there's something too about just trusting mm. and trusting that it's the right decision, trusting that the timing will work. I will be packed when the truck gets here. Oh yeah. And when I go, when I allow myself to trust that, then I give myself permission to, you know, go for a bike ride, get in the pool and swim have dinner with friends that I won't be able to see for a while, you know, and to honor the life I've had here and acknowledge it as best I can. If I just got wrapped up in the tension and the stress of I got to pack a box, I got to pack, I, mm. I wouldn't do that. And I would leave here with some regret. Absolutely. I don't want that to happen. 
That's a beautiful thing to, for people to know. You know, I've done the same thing in a way, listening to you. I'm like, okay, I've done that because I've given myself moments where I've gone for a massage. Like, okay, I need a massage right now. That things are getting really tense. Or I just need to get out of the house and go have some lunch somewhere or whatever, you know, because I work out of here. So um, it's just beautiful though, that we can, you know, it's important to create that for yourself. And this is yeah. what you're telling us. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. So um, I know you said the study of Enneagram is very effective for understanding our most fundamental fears. Like you're talking about motivation, strengths, and weaknesses. It's a powerful tool for transformation. So give us some other examples of what you've done and how it works for people. Yeah, well, I was thinking of sharing some of the, um, what I call the blueprint, the emotional mastery blueprint, which is Wonderful. the pie chart you showed us. So sure. I'm going to share my screen and it may ask for your permission. Oh, dear. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, you'll just get a pop-up if that happens, or maybe I can just go ahead and share it. So oh, do you see this? Yeah, I, we do see your, your, yeah, it's beautiful. Perfect. Okay, so this is called your emotional mastery blueprint. The name, the name of this person has been deleted to protect the innocent. <laughs> and um, so the Enneagram symbol, again, is the outer circle and this triangle and the six-pointed star. Okay. And on top of that, I have overlaid 10 concentric circles. Uh -huh. And the red and green scores, the size of those scores are... Um, reflect your answers to the questions on a scale of one to 10. And by the way, this is something our listeners can get um, if they go to the EQ toolkit. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I'll mention the link for that in a moment. But when you, get the, uh, when you go to the emotional intelligence toolkit, you take the quiz, it takes five or 10 minutes, and you immediately get your blueprint. So this is an example of what I was talking about. Say a spiritual person who says, you know, I'm a peaceful person, I don't get angry, I don't do anger. So we see the peacemaker score at the top is a 10. This person claims to be very peaceful. This is a beautiful quality. It is the gift. And there's something I call the gift gone wrong or <laughs> also too much of a good thing, right? Uh -huh. So what happens, and we see this in the red score, this is the challenge for the peacemaker, is because I want to keep the peace so badly, I won't let you know what I want or what I um, think because what if you want something different? Or what if you disagree, you disagree with what I think? I don't want to break the peace, so I won't tell you. And so I relent, I compromise. I say, that's okay, we'll do what you want. Or I don't take a stand because what if I alienate you? And then I start to feel over time that nobody cares about what I want or nobody mm -hmm. cares what I think. I'm, I, it's like I'm invisible. I'm, it's like I'm not even here. So this person actually has a buildup of anger for not being seen or heard. And they, the cost is you know, um, that they hold it in and hold it in. And what I see here is their score for the leader type eight, the leader, this green score here reflects their confidence. And they're not as confident as they could be. It's a six, which isn't bad, but they're not holding their ground and speaking up for themselves. If they could raise this green, which is easy to do with my system, if they could raise this green, they'd be more confident and be easier to speak their truth. And then the challenge for type nine, the red score here for Peacemaker would go down because they'd be able to speak up for what they want, for what they think, how they feel, and so on. Um, there's another, let's see, I have a few charts here. Oh, I want, let's stay with this chart. This, um, yeah, this is the one I wanted to show you. Okay, so the woman uh, I was talking to about this chart was saying that, you know, life is going pretty well, and she's very accomplished. She has some strong green scores. And I noticed this low green score here for type seven, the enthusiast. Mm. And she said, well, what is, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Because it's so small, she could hardly see it. And I said, well, it's a two. And I said, well, but are you happy? Do you feel joy? And she was like, well, but I'm, I'm accomplished and I'm fascinated about life. And, and she had all these optimistic, great things to say. And I, you know, it was almost like she didn't need me, but I kept looking at that green score for type seven. I said, but where's your joy? She finally got it. She finally got that fascination is not joy. Mm. fascination is a head thing joy is like a whole body experience right absolutely so actually she's become a client and now joy has become a value for her oh how beautiful and if you want i know part of your mission here janet is to own your divine light and for those of us who want to do that sometimes we have these challenges in our way oh yeah let's look at another chart here um this is a very different personality obviously and they have reds and greens that are all different the red score here for type seven, the enthusiast. The enthusiast wants to just consume life. I, this is good, I want to do this. And I want, oh, look at this adventure and this thing we could do. They want all these options. 
And the red score implies they get scattered. They give themselves so many options. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to move forward, you know, if you want to own your divine life, there's something you have to not just be, but there is something about doing and how you engage with life. That's part of that. But this person isn't really accomplishing what they've set themselves out to do. And I see that in their green score for type three, the achiever. So if you look at the green score, if you can even see it, it's a one. Yeah. Yeah. So this person isn't achieving what they're wanting. It's not that they can't, it's simply that they're scattered. And sometimes there are other scores that impact why they're scattered. And one of the things I see, it's interesting, it goes back to type eight, the leader again. The green score here, if it were higher, they would have more of an ability to listen to and honor their gut knowing. And their gut knowing can cut through all those options of, I don't know what, you, I've got this time, I don't know what to do, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And they can't decide. And that's part of why they're not achieving. It's mm-hmm. not that they can't, they just aren't deciding. And so their, their decider is offline. Mm, interesting. So there, I have a ton of examples. Let's see. I think I'll just pause that and stop the screen share. But that's interesting. This it is very interesting to learn about it. Yeah. You just yeah, have the, the loyalist. Cause I did like talk oh. about, I, I talked, I put down all the descriptions of all the different types, which I thought was so interesting, but I don't know if it's worth going through it, but it was so interesting to me about the nine personality types and that's the fascinating part, right? That's the part we all love to hear. Well, yeah. And then people want to identify with which one they are and so on. That's a whole thing in itself. But you know what? After people get their toolkit, they're invited to a free call with me. And, I love and that. that I, know. And I, I did my toolkit. So I'm going to check in with you. because Yeah, yeah let's have that call. Oh, boy. All the scores and talk about you know, your gifts yeah. and challenges and how they impact each other. I have a lot of uh, challenges, too. <laughs> Because you're human. I guess Don't so. be hard on yourself. Very human. <laughs> but you know what? I, as I've worked with this over the years, and I've been working with the Enneagram since 1994, and, and with embodiment since 1970-ish, early 70s. So a long time I've been working with embodiment. And what I've learned is that the Enneagram, it is a fascinating system. And I see it just as a doorway into realizing that you can embody more of whatever emotion you want and less of the emotions you don't want. In other words, um, by embodying the Enneagram, and yes, you can have more eight, nine, all of them. You can have more green and less red. And again, that's just the start because sometimes you feel a feeling or you have a challenge and you don't have to figure out, well, is that a three challenge or is that a five challenge? That's not necessary Mm -hmm. because by initially embodying the Enneagram, you just learn the flexibility. It's like an emotional flexibility. We, you increase your emotional range and your capacity, and then you get more flexible. So in other words, when someone pushes a certain button, you don't have to respond the way you always did because now yeah. you have new options. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it just, it's a doorway into knowing you can have more of the emotions that support you and, and going for what you want and fewer of the emotions, less of the emotions that challenge you at the end. Mm-hmm. It's all that again. Oh. I hate when that happens. You know, that kind of thing that happens over and over again. Those are called patterns and habits and belief systems. We can have less of those. So we really can have the relationships we want and the life we want. Wow. That is so powerful because, oh, yeah, I've, I just heard myself say that again recently. Not that again. <laughs> that <laughs> words. And I'm like, seriously, she just said that. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Yeah, it's your red stuff showing up, right? Yes, it is. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I'd be done with that, you know? Not (laughs) done. Obviously, I am not done. Well, you know, life is an ongoing process. That means our learning and our growth is an ongoing process. I know. And it's a great journey and it's never ended. And and I've accepted that part, except I guess I struggle a little going, gee, I thought I was at least further along, but yet, you know, you just have to surrender. Like you said, you have to surrender to this learning about yourself, growing. It's, if you're willing to grow, it's a great journey. Well, you what, what you're describing to me really is emotional intelligence. And one of the ways I like to describe emotional intelligence is, yes, it's understanding and managing your emotions and understanding and accepting someone else's. But it's really when, when your buttons are pushed in challenging moments, challenging people or situations, you're able to respond in a way that really honors and reflects your best and highest self and honors and respects the best and highest of the person you're engaged with 
and with the best possible outcome in mind. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to do that, that is emotional intelligence. And that's, that, that leads to life mastery. Because how can you, you can't really master your life until you've mastered your emotions. Oh, that is so true. Oh my goodness. I love that. You cannot master your life until you master your emotions. That's a powerful statement, you know, because most of us just think our emotions, I mean, we get ruled by them in such a way that we're, we're taken over. I mean, I, you know, like you, we, we're both cancers. I have to tell the audience, we're both cancers. We're both two days apart and we were born the same year. So and we're both wearing purple. Same color today. <laughs> and talk about synchronicity. I mean, this is so incredible. And well, you know, uh, go no, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, you know, about emotional intelligence, I was having a conversation with someone about emotional intelligence. This was many years ago. And, and he said, you know, that's a, that's a misnomer. There is no intelligence to emotions because as soon as you go to emotions, it inevitably leads to anger. <laughs> In his life. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, a lot of discussions around that. He changed his mind um, a couple of years later. <laughs> Good. You know, yeah, and that's changed powerful. His mind. That's mm -hmm. a powerful change. Yeah, I know a lot of people yeah. who could use that. Yeah, and I don't want to name names because they're going to go, oh, you're always putting me in there. <laughs> well, you know, if everything's going super well, you know, you have a great, you, you, your relationships are going well, your life is going well, your business is going well. If everything's going well, you know, fine. And when you aren't as happy as you might want to be or not as fulfilled or satisfied as you want to be, then that means a change is, is required. Absolutely. It's something different. And you know, a lot of people think change is difficult. Yes. And, you know, I understand that. I have a love-hate relationship with change myself, including this move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, change can be difficult, except when uh, in my way of working, I help people embody the change that they want. Mm -hmm. And when you embody it, you actually change the brain. You create a new neural pathway that reflects that next you. Wow. And it literally gives you an option, literally in the palm of your hands, actually in your whole body. So that when you want to make something, when you want something to be different, you have more alternatives, you have more options available to you. And that's part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Oh, I mean, having those options available, I mean, people don't realize how much of a wonderful change it can be when you look for that and are willing to go that extra distance to clear your life up to know yourself better, like you said, just to know the deeper parts of you that you need to address and to do the work. And when you have the options, then change is easy. Yeah. It's amazing. I've had clients say, like, you know, I, I hung up the phone from that session and, and I had this challenge and I just responded that different way that we talked about in our call. And, you know, the changes was immediate. Mm. It's not, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, it takes three months. You got to do it, you know, 127 times or... I don't know. I hear a lot of different answers. Yeah. How long does it take to implement change? And I want people to know it can be easy and it can be immediate. Yes. And yeah. the more you do it, the easier it gets. I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, it is. It gets more and more because if you're willing to learn and you're opening up to it, you constantly can learn more and more things about yourself. And it's just an expansion that's so valuable. It's so valuable because the changes you get are, you know, it just makes your life nicer, flows yeah. easier, you're more peaceful. Yeah. And, you know, another part of the journey that I see, you know, I, I'm interested in the life mastery bit, like making the impact we're each here to make, whether it's owning your divine light, just being that person you're wanting to be, whatever that looks like. And I have no judgment on the size of someone's dream. There's no judgment on that's too big or that's too small is what's real for you. But on the path towards that, it, it does start with emotional mastery. And then I think the next thing that's really super important in getting to your life mastery is relational mastery. Mm. Because we can't, we're not here to do life alone. Mm -hmm. And we need support. We need that connection. Mm -hmm. Brene Brown talks beautifully about that, that our biggest longing is to be connected. Mm -hmm. And if we're not connected and if we don't have good thriving relationships, then we'll be hampered. You know, the, the movement towards our life mastery will be dampened and there'll be challenges along the way. So emotional mastery leads you into really understanding someone else's perspective and changing, you know, anger to curiosity. So conversations can, have, can happen and there's mutual understanding and you can resolve situations so that they don't have, those challenges don't have to happen again mm -hmm. and that it deepens the connection instead of challenging it. 
I think a lot of people cha challenge and even end relationships because they don't know how to deal with the challenges when they arise. But, you know, as human beings, we, there are challenges. We just have to learn how to deal with them. So relational mastery is such an important part of the journey. And I see a lot of people jumping into wanting to make their life mastery happen. It's like, I got to do this and I got to do that. And they don't have time for the relationships because it's going to slow me down. Or they have other reasons. For whatever reason, they jump over what, either emotional or relational mastery. And it, it's sequential and they both need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, why not go for that? Why not make your life better? Why not do that path? Why not? I mean, this is where I'm at in life. Why not change? Well, what are you here better? for? Right? Yeah. 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 And I believe we're all here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you know, not everybody knows what it is. And part of what I do is I help guide people to what that is. There's a hope that I have on, on your heart's desire. Not everybody's used to knowing their mm -hmm. heart's desire. And how can you go for what you want and make it happen if you don't know? And again, there's no judge on what that is. But there, anyway, that's a process in itself. Like, what is, why am I here? Mm -hmm. And I know that when I was, I remember, I'll never forget it, being 19 and having this identity crisis and asking myself those questions like, who am I and why am I? And what's the meaning of life? And why am I here? You know, little questions like that. Just small. And, yeah, just a small one. <laughs> and I needed to have those answers. Yeah. Or I just, you know, I just didn't see the purpose. Yeah, 19 is like a magic age. That was the age I left home and went on my own. My grandmother at 19 crossed the ocean to come to America. Wow. All on her own. She had oh, kidding me. none of her family, just like an uncle or something. But Where she, did she come from? She came from Russia or Poland area, like right on the border. Yeah. She was bold and courageous. Very, very. And I'm that, so proud of her. Yeah. That's where you get it, Janet, huh? I know. I oh, like, she's like, she's like my guide and my angel. She's like the one I told, she was the one that was the biggest guidance in my whole life because she was a very strong, but quiet strength in the family. Beautiful. And it was so powerful to have her presence in the house because there was so much drama and chaos that you know you would just she was like the she was like the island the oasis to go to you know it was wonderful she was she would provide the safe zone let's put it that way. i love that description she was a strong and yet quiet presence mm -hmm. it's a beautiful combination it was her that's a perfect yeah. description of her and she was just yeah. so courageous in everything she did everything she did hmm. and her whole life was just a constant and she lived till over a hundred and she lied about her age and didn't tell us. So I thought she was going to be a hundred on the year she passed and she was over a hundred already and didn't. And my mother found her birth certificate and wouldn't tell us this, the truth of her age. Even You're kidding me. Like, why wouldn't you tell even me now? Well, she's got, my mom's gone. So I don't and know. You never knew. Nope. Never knew her actual age. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And you couldn't find her birth certificate. I don't know what my mom did with it. I have never seen it. So whatever she did, she could have had it in a bank vault that never got emptied. And my brother could have it and didn't tell anybody because he didn't think it was important. I don't know. I would love to know. I don't know. Yeah. I should ask him that. That's a good question. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's you've, a, got, you've got some good, strong uh, genes in you. We, uh, yes. And I thank her for that. She was yeah. like the one who gave me all the courage to do the things I needed to do. So when I left, you know, she didn't know I was going to, but when I was going to do something else, I called her and talked about it with her and told her. And she's like, okay, I understand. you got to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never judge. She wasn't a judger, which is so powerful. I mean, you know, if she you did. Know, judging is really, uh, that comes up in a lot of calls with my clients because mm -hmm. it's not just how we judge other people. It's how we judge ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you have an inner critic that says something like, no, that was stupid, or you did that again, or who do you think you are? Or you can't do that. We all have a form of that. And we call it the inner critic. Mm. And when that arises, I see a lot of people uh, stop before they even begin a project or an idea or a dream because that voice is prohibiting them. Mm. It's holding them back because they don't, they stop believing in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and I'm, re go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. Well, I was reminding myself of something else that you said when we talked um, a week or so or two ago about we can create or we can complain. Yes, that's one of my questions. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting topic because we do, our, our thoughts create a reality. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we think and if we complain and we complain and we complain, we'll, have, we'll come up with lots of evidence to validate that we're right. 
and that makes a life rather miserable actually mm-hmm. or we can create or just be um actually i think there's a stepping stone to who's creating after the complaining you could say well what is good about my life oh well, there's this oh there's that oh and and then as you re- as you feel actually not just think it but feel it feel the gratitude for what is that you that's good that's working for you what happens is you become more creative mm-hmm. Um, one of one of my teachers many years ago was telling a story. Um, he's one, he was an Enneagram teacher. He passed in the last, I guess, year. Um, he was in China teaching, and his wife came over from the U.S. to meet with him after his teaching. They're going to do a tour in China, and he was. Uh, uh, she had just gotten there, and so she had jet lag. That's a big trip, right, from the U.S. to China. It's a big long trip. So she had jet lag, and they're at dinner, and she's like, you know like fighting to stay awake, right? And this voice in his head saying, I can't trust her. She's not happy to be here. And then his voice, he's saying to himself all these like negative things about her because she's not attentive and she's falling asleep, right? And then he said, and he's finding evidence to validate his point of view. We'll find evidence for whatever we look for. That's the amazing thing. And then he had this change of mind. It was just a change of mind. And he said, oh, but she's been with me all these years and she's this. And he went to this list of all these wonderful things about, and she came to China to be with me and we're going, and he just lit up with this joy and this love, this deep love for her. And he found lots of evidence to support that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we will find evidence. And if you don't like how your life is going, you know, this it's, it really can be just a mind switch. Look at something, place your mind in a different, on something different. Yeah. And I want to quote another one of my teachers, Rick Hansen. I love this image. He said, um, your brain takes the shape of what you rest your mind on. Wow. I want to describe that. So imagine like a cloth and I put a cloth over a toaster. That cloth takes the shape of a toaster. Mm-hmm. And now take that same cloth and put it over a coffee pot. It will take the shape of a coffee pot. So our brains do the same thing. If I focus on all those things that go wrong, All I'm going to notice is those darn things that keep going wrong again and again and again. Mm. And if I place my mind on something different, look at the beauty of this day. Look at how gorgeous this is. And look how wonderful this relationship is. And look how wonderful life is here and there. And I get to take a break in the middle of my day and get on my bike. How wonderful is that? The brain is taking the shape of joy, Mm. gratitude. And then we become more creative. So true. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking of all the people that could use what you do. <laughs> I hope they reach out to me and that they take the really? quiz. Should I put the, uh, the link to the uh, toolkit in, in the chat here? You can accept that. Um, yeah, you can. People may check it out. Um, I will put that in the bottom of the information when we share your link and all that. We can also add it on there as well. But you can put it in the chat. Oh, it was in the chat. Those who don't see the chat, they see it later. They won't see the right, chat, actually. Right. But it's, um, I'll just say what it is and then make sure. sure you look below and you'll get that link. It's my name, andrea-isaacs.com slash EQ toolkits. Yeah, it's and then it's a it's a four hundred ninety seven dollar value, but you get this whole thing for free. That's it's right. The blueprint is an interpretation guide, and I have this thing called the Whammies webinar. Mm. I found that these challenges are like whammies. A whammy is like a knockout punch, and it's mm. hard to get up, right? And sometimes it's a one two punch that's really hard to get up from. Emotionally, we all have these whammies that mm. are challenges that are in our way to having the relationships, the business, the life, the joy that we want and, and really deserve. Mm-hmm. And when you understand that and you understand that change actually can be easy, then you can actually, you know, it all, it all changes. So you get the invitation to the Whammies webinar and then of course to a call with me. And then we go over your chart and we look at what, you know, if you have Whammies and what to do about them. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, great gift. I think it's so wonderful to have that gift. I really love it. So um, thank you for that. So that's your free gift. So you shared that now so that we, I won't go back and ask you to do it again. <laughs> so, um, so what's the, um, what keeps the energy in you going positive and going forward? Well, it's probably like what I was describing. I can create or I can complain. Mm. And I could, you know, before we started recording, I was talking about packing up my house and the boxes and my fear of not being ready when the truck gets here. Mm -hmm. What keeps me going is the rightness of this next step. Mm -hmm. What keeps me going is knowing I am living my life purpose. 
And when I get frustrated or I forget that, then there is more challenge. What gets me out of bed in the morning is the joy of knowing that I get to serve. Mm -hmm. And I get to share what it is that has heart and meaning to me. And it's not just my heart and meaning, it, because I've learned that it means something to others too. Yes. And that this work can actually change someone else. I think when you're on your path, it, it motivates you every day. It motivates you to get out of bed and do it again. It does because there's a joy there. You get this joy. And, and even though nothing's perfect, you got the joy saying, you know, I really want to feel that again. I really love when I do this service work that it, it feeds me and it feeds others. It's like, it's just this amazing energy of, it's like unconditional love, you know, coming at us in, in ways that we don't even realize when we're on our path. It's like, it's like you're, it's like, I don't know, maybe like a reward or whatever, you know, yeah. sort of like a gift, the gratitude that we have for the things that we're giving. And that, that's a gift. When you have gratitude for what you have and you get more, you get more of it. You know, I sometimes have this image where, um, do you ever have the experience where you give someone a gift? And they just put it aside like it didn't happen and, and they just continue. And it's like they didn't fully receive it. Right. But if you give someone a gift and they go, oh, wow, thank you. They haven't even opened it yet. And then they open it in front of you and they, go, oh, and they light up. It gives you joy in the giving of the gift. Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to give them a gift again because it was so much fun. And I think the universe is kind of like that. If yeah. the universe is giving us whatever, and if we don't <laughs> notice what is, and we're not grateful for that gift, mm. then, you know, the universe is, if you picture the universe like a person giving you a gift, it's like, why, is, why should I give to her anymore? She's so ungrateful, <laughs> you know? But if you notice those little things, yeah, it's, it's, it's thinking of the universe. I, so I, I've mentioned biking. I do bike pretty much every day, except it's snowing today. But really? I, I bike. Oh my yeah, God. yeah. I mean, it was wow. like 70 degrees yesterday. And today, last night, it went down to 25 or something like that. Well, that's Colorado. I, there's one intersection where I have to be mindful of traffic. And so lately, not, well, pretty much all, I've done this every time. Often I'll go there, and even though it's a busy intersection, I'll get there. It's like there's no, tra there's no traffic, and I can turn left or right, whatever I want, and it's fine. So I say, thank you, traffic gods. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, traffic gods. Yes. Uh, it's a little thing. You yes. know, but it's just noticing what's going well, what's going right. Mm -hmm. it's, like a, it, it's a gift from the universe every time I can turn left there like, mm -hmm. thank you thank you that was great I appreciate that and I think that a practice of acknowledging all those little things mm -hmm. it lights us up and it, it, it I think it opens us to receive yes more yes which is all about that I think that's such a big thing people and I've talked about this in other uh, ways that you know when you we're all givers we love to give and give and give but you have to be a receiver as well in order to totally, you know, be in, in wholeness. Because if you just give it all away, you're depleted. And when you receive and it just fills you up again and just you like, replenish. yeah, right. you're replenishing. Yeah. What I've noticed about people who, um, who aren't able to receive mm. is not only do they, uh, they burn out, but mm. they feel sort of resentment that nobody's there for them. Mm -hmm. But it's probably, it's usually not true. It's that they don't, they're not receiving what is there and they're not asking for what they need. It's reciprocity. I, I do believe that this is a reciprocating universe. Mm -hmm. Relationships are reciprocal or the good ones are. Mm -hmm. And the universe, there's, there's a reciprocation. We give and the universe, you know, returns in some way. And if we're not able to receive, we feel depleted. We feel resentful. We feel neglected. All of that happens. And so there's a practice I teach my students and clients about allowing yourself to receive. Sometimes it starts by just knowing what it is you want or need and requesting it. Not everybody's good at asking for the support they want. Oh, yeah. And that's a big thing, too. But the thing is, I think they don't even know what they, they need to ask for. They, they're so lost, they don't know how to ask that. So how do you get them to that point of knowing what they need? Right. Well, I have uh, processes that I guide them through. Okay. And yeah. 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 One, uh, one is a beautiful, it's a form of a meditation. Um, I could describe it here. Shall I? Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So it's a meditation that has you focus on your heart center and to have a journal nearby. Mm -hmm. 
and to ask yourself, what does my heart desire? And just make a list. And it could be something big and important. It could be something really small. Mm. It could be a particular meal. It could be chocolate. You know, anything. Mm. Don't judge. Just mm -hmm. to write it down. And don't look at the list afterwards. And oh. do that like for a week. And don't look at the yesterday's list. Don't look at any of the previous list. After you do it for a week, go back and look at them all and circle the ones that showed up each time. And then you'll see, you start to see a pattern. And that's a good way to start. There's so many other ways. There's something about just noticing your first impulse. Mm. So many of us feel that first impulse and then we diminish, oh, like, I didn't mean, mean that. Oh, no, no, not that. They, they, it comes up and you see them kind of light up for an instant and then they, they smother it. No, no, no. Mm. And I just say, no, 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 go. I want to get people used to noticing that mm. first impulse. There's information there. There's a desire there. Mm. So if, you're, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what your heart's desire is, give yourself that assignment, so to speak. Just notice that first impulse, first thought, best thought. It can even be like when you get dressed in the morning. Oh, I reached for the red. No, I shouldn't wear red. It's too angry or dark. I don't know. Uh, people have different opinions about red. I happen to love red. I like, I the, like red. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you would. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I see red as a passionate color. Yes. Yes. People see it as an angry color. What, uh, however you perceive it, just notice what you're drawn to. And don't judge yourself. Just say, okay, I'll, that's, what I, that's what it'll be today. Or if you're going to the, if you're at the grocery store and you feel drawn to a vegetable you haven't had for a while, but oh no no I don't really like that, but I kind of, sometimes I do. Don't even think about it anymore. Just get it. Right. It's that first impulse. That's how we start to get used to listening to and honoring our gut knowing, and our heart's desire. Hmm. That's interesting because I can do impulse very well. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your chart again. Show me your chart Show again. you my chart? Oh, that's mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, I can do impulse really, really well. Oh, I've mm -hmm. got this little, uh, my right place. A little bit that way. There. there we go. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So your green scorpion type seven is very strong. That's your impulse. Like um, this and that. Like you want it all. You want it all right, right yeah. now. Kinda, kinda. <laughs> you have an abundance of ideas. Yes. Oh, you know what? I two, four. I'll keep put it down now. Uh, yeah. Your two, four, and seven are so strong in you. And I want to, can I tell you what, what that means? Sure. Okay. These, these are your biggest gifts. Your two, four, and seven. So your two gift is your, your ease and your desire to connect with people. Mm -hmm. You're such a connector and a networker. You're doing this summit. This is all about connecting and networking. Mm -hmm. This is such a natural part of your heart's desire that you're manifesting right now. Nice. Your four gift, that's the emotional side of you. You have this emotional breadth and depth. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a great capacity to have empathy and understanding for others. It's also your creativity. Mm. And I see the color in your background too. There's a lot of, you have a colorful life. Mm. It's, and I haven't talked to anybody with a strong green score for type four that hasn't had a creative life. Mm. So your life has been a sort of out of the box life. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then yeah. your seven is the impulsiveness that you mentioned a moment ago. This is your abundance of ideas. Yes. There's no limit to what you let yourself think about. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then that combined with your creativity, you can just manifest and create whatever. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes the challenge will be really focusing because you've got, yes. so, many, you've got so much potential. You've got to focus. That's harder. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is my little challenge there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exciting thank you for that i really thank you i really appreciate that it's nice to hear you know some of the things about yourself that sometimes you you kind of see but you're not sure is it really there you know what's happening it's and i think everyone would love to know that about themselves it's it's such well, you know what you just said is so interesting i think those gifts that come so naturally to us mm -hmm. are blind spots yeah. You often it comes so easily to you, you don't realize it doesn't happen. Not everybody has that. Mm. Just because it comes easily to you does not diminish the quality of it as a gift. This is so true, and right. I've heard that a few times. And you're absolutely right. That is it's like a, a fish doesn't know water, but it can't <laughs> live without it. Right, right. It's like you don't know that how creative. You, I'm sure you do in, in, a, in a certain way, but uh, to really draw on those gifts that come so easily because they mm -hmm. do come easily to you. 
Oh, I love creative stuff. Oh, I do. I, yeah. I crave it. It's such an important and being with people and connecting with people. Is, it's just, I love that. Huge. It's huge for you. Right. Yes, it is. And mm -hmm. it's good to, it's good to see that in my chart and, and know it's actually there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is your dream for yourself in the future? I love that question. My <laughs> dream is I do want to live a life of, of purpose and service. Mm -hmm. And um, I've created a, a three different things. I created any emotion, which uses, combines my dance background with the Enneagram so that you know how to embody more of the gifts of each type. Mm -hmm. I created somatic focusing, which is a psychotherapy technique based on your somatic or your body awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like how you're thinking or feeling or being, you can shift your somatic experience. In other words, shift the energy in your body that changes how you think, how you feel, and how you respond to life. Mm -hmm. And I created the EQ quiz. And I have a way of doing the, delivering the assessment for the quiz mm -hmm. that has a lot of insight about how the scores interact with each other. So those three modalities that I've created, I want them to live, I want them to outlive me. Ah. And so one of my dreams is to have that training program where I train emotional mastery mentors. Mm. who will teach any emotion, coach using somatic focusing, and deliver the EQ quiz assessment. Mm. So one of my, that is a big, huge dream. Mm. Starting the training program soon, mm. probably before the end of the year. I, I, I had started it many, many years ago, and for a variety of reasons, I just didn't complete the design or the implementation, mm -hmm. and I am ready. Ah. I'm definitely ready and super excited about it. So that's a huge dream. And for me to just live in alignment with who I am in every moment, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are challenges in life. Challenging people and situations will arise. It's life. So part of my dream for my life is to really live in, um, in harmony and connection with um, that, who I want to be, that, you know, the peaceful person, but strong, yet quiet, mm -hmm. strong and calm and, and determined and focused and gentle and receptive and no matter what i want to remain in connection with that me i want to be even when my buttons get pushed mm -hmm. and have time for work-life balance mm -hmm. and um to fill my life with people with you know friends that i love people i love and um and creativity mm -hmm. and service just that that's just a few things wow just that that's fantastic. I love the idea of the, um, the class. That would be, I think that's so needed now. You know, probably the reason it didn't come through then totally because we weren't ready. I think hmm. people are now ready to learn this and understand it and embody it and then bring it out to others. I love hearing you say that, Janet. Thank you. I love hearing you say that. Because I can feel it. I'm like, wow, that would be a powerful thing to learn. Hmm. Well, right. let's talk and about like, that. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, because yeah powerful and it's so important i mean even for yeah. what you told me i just could say wow i just love what you said and i'm like this is so great to know and it frees people up and it just as you say it's such a quick change you can change them so effortlessly it's like that's what people need people don't want to have things that are drawn out now and long term they want because that's what the computer age is doing to us things are happening quickly so you're providing something that brings about a, a change quickly, but yet it's very deep as well. I mean, it's not just a surface change. Yeah. It's something that they're going to embody in their life and it's totally going to shift their life and make it change in, for the better. I mean, this is the whole yeah. world we're creating is to move into a higher consciousness, which is living from your true self, your authentic self. Yeah. And then they can teach this to others. Exactly. And then the work lives on. It'll be changed and adapted by all the others that are presenting it, teaching it, coaching it. And I'm certainly open to that happening. Yeah. And the people who receive the work are also sending it out to other people because it's just shifting. It's just an ongoing process of shift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like that wonderful hundred monkey theory, you know, it's that mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of thing where they're doing that and you're, you know, or you learn how to wash the potato and then the next, you know, the next island is learning it too at the same time even though they were as nobody there how does that happen it's like the consciousness just expands and it just shifts it's an energetic consciousness that's just the oneness that we all talk about it's i mean you can get into the high spiritual principles of this it really connects with all of it because 
it connects you with the oneness of who we all are, that how this expansion of doing this, this one step for yourself can create so much. Beautiful. It's a legacy. It's a huge legacy. It really yeah. is. It's wonderful. Great dream. Great dream. So um, let's see. Um, what, so how do you see humanity awakening to the idea that we're creators? which you kind of talked about, is this going to be redundant? I don't know. Let's see. How do I think of humanity as being creators? Well, I think we're creating every moment. Mm -hmm. And in saying that, I realize, you know, every moment is a choice. Mm -hmm. And our lives are an accumulation of choices. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like how your life is going, start making different choices. Mm -hmm. And the way we become, we are creators, whether we want to be or not. We are in this moment, we are creating this next moment, which is creating this next moment. Mm. it's happening it's just an, it's a it's just happening yeah and so the idea is that we can be the masters of our choice we get to choose and sometimes we don't know that or we don't know how and in my coaching i teach people how and I, as i said earlier i help them embody the change they want or embody the ability to decide you know as we talked about both of us having been shy I spent decades, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it, but decades being painfully shy. So the neural pathways for being shy were very strong. And I remember my mother, tell, as a child, my mother would tell me countless times, oh, just speak up for yourself, just be confident. I, want, I had the, the awareness that I wanted that. I had the feeling that I wanted that. I didn't know how to be that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I came across the Enneagram and there's this type called type eight, the leader, which is the, probably the most naturally confident of all the types. Now their challenge is they go to anger pretty quickly. They have a short anger fuse. So I was afraid of those types. I was around a lot of anger as a kid and I was afraid of it. And I swore I'm never going to be like that. Mm. I don't think I'm the only one that's had that thought. Oh, true. What, yeah. But what happens when we say I'm never want to be like that is I didn't know how to have the positive end of that spectrum. Mm. Because it's, every emotion has a polarity. Mm -hmm. In this case, the, the healthy polarity is, say, confidence. And the, the challenging polarity is anger. And I didn't want the anger, so I couldn't get the confidence. And I, I, it was like I just threw the whole thing out. But when I started teaching any emotion, we explore each type when they're healthy. And we go down deep into the dark shadow. And we come back up again. And in that process, we realize that, I oh, I have choice. Mm. And, and going into that dark shadow is motivating like, i don't want to be like that but we need that energy and we shift it in a way that it's still that strong powerful energy but we use it for confidence for being direct for deciding for speaking up for speaking our truth and by doing that exercise in particular that is really what gave me the confidence to speak you know around the world on stages to hundreds of people to do the work i'm doing to even, even in friendship and relationships to just, you know, honor like uh, that I'm, I'm okay, <laughs> right? Even just that was huge from being shy. Like, I'm okay, I can be here, I can connect to you. Mm. The confidence to connect, that was huge. So I can't remember where this is going initially. Well, we talked about how you see humanity creating, uh, be, being created. This is so wonderful. And then you talked about choice. Yeah. Yeah. choice. So I thank you. So I, it gave me the choice. I could still feel like a shy person, mm -hmm. but I could choose. Oh, I don't want that shy person go small, 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 small. I could choose to hold my ground and mm -hmm. just to physically change the energy in my body. So first, I just start to physically show up. I'm not going to withdraw and disappear like I used to. Mm -hmm. And once that energy shifts in your body, it changes how you think and how you feel and how you respond to life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Know that pathway quite well. So I think as we are basically soul sisters yeah. <laughs> or aspects of each other in so many ways, like it's interesting. It really is. I mean, you've created so many wonderful things. And um, so I, I, my next question was, if you know, you say it's easy to change and um, I, we, you just you talked about creative complaints. So that was great. That was such a great thing. So what do you offer for support in your work? That is the one thing that you feel that has made the most difference for people. The fact that you can create a neural pathway for a new way of being mm. easily mm. and that change can be easy. And once I, I, I work with people over a period of time, they get it. And then they start doing it on their own without me. And they mm -hmm. realize, oh, I'm in this. In fact, I just had a call with a client this morning. 
she had a lot of anxiety about being in cars with drivers who were texting and on their phone. Oh dear. Yeah, and the understandable anxiety, but then the anxiety just grew and grew and grew until it didn't even matter if they were on their phone. She just had anxiety about being a passenger. Okay. And so we did some work together and she created the neural, she, oh, she said to herself in the car, and I wasn't with her, but she knows my work now. She says, oh, Andrea says I can notice my body, notice how I'm feeling. Okay, and how would I rather feel? Well, I want to be lighthearted. So she shifted her energy. She became more lighthearted. And in a lighthearted way, she asked the person to put the phone down. Mm. Oh, the person, well, I can't remember if they were, we had the phone or not. But anyway, she, she learned how to shift it on her own. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. You, that you, once you understand my method, you can do it on your own quickly and easily by shifting, by changing your somatic experience, by changing your body sensations. If you're withdrawing, if you're angry, whatever it is, mm. you can, if you don't like it, you can change your physical experience first. Mm. And that's how we fast track change. You change your body, change the energy in your body first. It changes your brain. It changes how you think, how you feel and how you respond. And that's how people end up supporting themselves. I support them in learning how, and then they just can continue. Wow. Know how to yeah. do it. And that leads to their mastery of their emotions and to their life. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And how powerful is that? And that's the whole journey we're on here is to become masters of our lives and ourselves. And you are leading people to mastery, which is so profound and so wonderful. It really is. Wow. That's, that's an inc incredible thing. So what message do you have for our audience? You kind of said this now to that you think we need to know for 2019. For 2019 or 2020? Well, either both. Oh, at the end of it in the beginning. Well, you know, both time, time is moving more quickly for everyone. Yeah. It's a, it's a very fast paced culture now. Oh, yeah. So for us to keep up with the pace of culture, we need to ha understand the pace of change and that we too can change quickly and it can be easy if you know how yes. so if you want to know more about the how go to the get the eq toolkit and you'll learn how but it really is about keeping up with the pace of change one of my blogs recently was called the pace of change i've been writing a lot about change lately um the the blog the other morning was called change building a new pyramid and that's part of what i feel like i'm doing right now i'm moving from colorado to oregon i'm building a new you got a pyramid but you got a bunch of pyramids behind there you go i have my all my pyramids are, I've got three of them. Yeah. They're all different. This one is presence. This one is purpose. And this one is healthy. Presence, mm. purpose, and healthy. Mm-hmm. I love it. If you're not healthy, you can't do much. And right. right. Yeah. And if you right. don't have your purpose, and then if you are present, you can figure out your purpose more. Absolutely. So they're all very grounding tools from a, an expert that we had last week, Peter Shank, who is a pretty interesting guy in his own right. <laughs> so I think for 2019 and 20, of course, is to, um, to keep up with the pace of change by realizing that you too can change quickly. Okay. That, that's a great message. Thank you for that. So you've shared your gift. Do you want to go over it one more time so people will understand what it is? Sure. So the EQ toolkit mm -hmm. uh, starts with you're taking the quiz, which takes five to 10 minutes, and you immediately get your emotional mastery blueprint, which mm -hmm. is that, uh, the pie chart that you showed us and I screenshot yeah. from over here. And after you get your pie chart, it may not make a lot of sense. So then you'll get the interpretation guide, which by nature has to be somewhat generic because everybody's different and a, and a score of eight for one person means a little different than a score of eight for someone else. Mm -hmm. So um, the next is an invitation to the Whammy's webinar where you understand the challenges. Um, the, the, of course, you want your gifts high and your challenges low. Any low gift or high challenge would be a Whammy. So the Whammy's webinar goes into detail around all of that. And then, of course, you want to know, well, how does this apply to me? And so I, you'll be invited to a call. And I would love to talk with every person who's listening to this so that they can all understand their blueprint and what they can do about it so they too can have that tool to change if they want it's wonderful exactly what a great gift i mean and it has a huge value so i would definitely if any of you listening just you know take advantage of this gift it is a powerful powerful tool for you all or for all of us and me too i'm so excited i took it and i'm ready to go forward with the rest of it 
And so thank you for that, Andrea. And I just want to thank our audience for tuning in and for being here for us. You have given us some, I mean, they're always, you know, the people have, that have been so wonderful about replying and giving us comments and feedback. So please keep doing it. Love to hear from you. Uh, Andrea will have her link. If you want to connect with her, she, you can write to Andrea. If you want to write to me, I answered everybody personally last time. So I'm going to work on that again. I hope to do the same. Uh, unless there's so many, but you know, I'll still work as much as I can to answer all of you. And um, so thank you again and uh, for all tuning in today and for all this amazing information that you got from Andrea. I think you've all gotten a great, great value today from this beautiful conversation. So thank you, Andrea, for being a master explorer and illuminator of people's divine light mm -hmm. and helping them to unlock their passions and ignite their authenticities and finally creating the life they love. So grateful for you being here. And I, I am Janet Miller, and I will see you on the next episode. Hello again. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please remember to leave a review. This helps us gather ideas on how else we can improve our content so we can provide you the best experience as you tune in with us. Before I let you go, I want to let you know that as an energy facilitator and divine light mapper, I am here to guide you in discovering your soul's purpose in this ongoing new paradigm shift. When you're ready to discover your soul's purpose, book a divine light mapping session with me to gain understanding of your soul's journey. You may also book a Solex AO scan session with me to harmonize your mind, body, and spirit. We'll take a look at your signature blueprint, which we all emit with energy, frequency, and vibration. And with this information you gain, you will surely leave here empowered to take charge of your sovereign body. When you're ready to book a session and to learn more about our current events, promos, and services, please visit ownyourdivinelight.com. Thank you again for participating in our podcast. Our journey to 5D continues.